The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Welcome to a discussion of radical fundamental principles of freedom, rational self-interest, laissez-faire capitalism, and individual rights. The Yaron Brook Show starts now. All right. Today I want to talk about America first. Big slogan of the Trump campaign. Uh, and uh, what does it mean? What does it mean when we say America first? What do we mean by that? Uh, particularly in the realm of foreign policy. What, what does a foreign policy of America first look like? What would you, what would you say? What would be the first thing you would do if you were in charge of an America first foreign policy? What should Trump do? What should the Trump administration do? Is it doing it? Is the Trump administration today an America first foreign policy administration? Great slogan. Great idea. Placing the interest of America first. But is it actually happening? And what does it actually mean? What are America's interests? All right. You can uh, chime in. I'm curious what you think America first actually means. 888-900-3393. What do you think? What would you do if you were running American foreign policy? If you were in charge of an American first foreign policy? And what do you think? What do you think of Trump? I mean, what do you think of uh, Trump so far on foreign policy? He just spent uh, he just spent a few days in Europe, uh, the G20 meetings, this big twenty, a, a, a big meeting of the uh, largest economies in the world, the twenty largest, eighty percent of world GDP is represented by twenty uh, by those twenty countries. Uh, had a meeting, met with Putin, gave a speech in Poland. Um, we've seen him uh, do a trip to Saudi Arabia, gave a big speech in Saudi Arabia, danced with sheiks. That was pretty cool, huh? Um, pretty bizarre, I'd say. What do you think? What do you think? What would, what would a, an America First foreign policy look like? And is Trump living up to the slogan that he ran on? I mean, I think to a large extent he won the election. On the idea, this idea of America First. Uh, you know, enough. Enough of America following. Enough of this Obama kind of um, foreign policy strategy of America taking no initiative, America basically uh, groveling before its its friends, groveling before its enemies, bowing to the king of Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, denouncing or, or putting down America as exceptional, and really being a follower. So Americans resented that, I think, and, and, and rebelled against it. And I think when Donald Trump talked about America first, people responded to it positively. It's like, yeah, finally. Somebody's going to stand up for us. And, and there's also some resentment towards the foreign policy of George Bush, the, the kind of foreign policy that was going to bring democracy to the world. And we were going to, you know, Operation Iraqi Freedom. We were going to give freedom to the world and intervene everywhere and uh, do it all for the sake of the Iraqis or the Afghans. Or again, uh, in some sense, kind of grovel before enemies and appease them. And, and Donald Trump presented himself as a rejection of all that. And hey, you know, he said during the campaign, in some of the best parts of his campaign, in my view, he said, well, why should we pay to defend South Korea? South Korea is a rich country. Why don't they defend themselves? Why should we pay to defend Japan? Japan's an even richer country. Why don't they defend themselves? What about Europe? This NATO stuff, Trump told us, 
Shouldn't the Europeans pay their fair share? And, and, and should we even stay a part of, of, of NATO? Should we really fight to protect Ukraine or, or whatever? Right? So is this, is this, is he followed through on all, any of this? Is that America first foreign policy? What is an America first foreign policy? What, what would it look like? What, what, how do we, how would we define it? How do we know? If Trump was following it or not, and and what do we? How do we assess? How do we assess the first what uh, six months of the Trump presidency when it comes to these questions of foreign policy, when it comes to placing America's interests first? So uh, that's all, what, what what I want to talk about today uh, in, in the show, primarily in the first part of the show. So uh, another spin on this, right? Does America first foreign policy include? Protecting us, and I put protecting us in quotes, protecting us from foreign trade. Does an American first foreign policy include the idea that we need government to protect us from uh, cheap imports, from dumping of steel? We heard that this last week a lot, you know, because there was a lot of conflict in the G20 around this. Trump really wanted, uh, and they've got a commission, I guess. The G20 agreed to have a commission to study the issue to study the issue of, um, of trade and whether, you know, whether uh, the Chinese and others were, were dumping, uh, dumping steel in the West and, and whether that was, uh, that was bad and whether we needed to do something. And if we needed to do something, what was it that we needed to do? What should be done? So is that part of America first? Is, is the idea of protecting us from bad trade deals, do you think, part of this uh, whole America First stuff? So, again, uh, curious to see what you think, 888-900-3393, if you have any thoughts on this America First idea of this whole America First concept and, and what it might or might not represent. So uh, let, me, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. All right. Uh, let me start with this. Let me start with this idea. To do America first, we first have to decide what America is. America first means, I guess, that we need to pursue America's interests. But what are America's interests? America is a country, a country of 350 million people. We all have different interests. We have different values. We have different ideas. We don't agree on almost anything. So what are America's interests? And I have a problem generally with these, these attempts to have kind of collective interests, uh, the public interest, the social good, the, 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 you know, all of our, the, you know, what's good for the country. Well, what does that mean, good for the country? What does that mean? Because, again, all of us are individuals. All of us have different goods. All of us have different values. All of us have different benefits. So to understand what the public good is, we have to we have to dig deeper, right? What is America? What does America first actually mean? What is America in this context? Is America the 350 million individuals? And in what sense should the government try to look after our interests? And this really goes to the heart of it. In what sense should the government seek to pursue our interests? America is a unique country. In America, 
We don't believe the government is responsible for our interests. We don't expect the government to provide us with food. We don't expect the government to provide us with housing, although to some extent we do, I guess. America's changing. We don't, we didn't in the past expect the government to provide us with healthcare. Again, maybe that's changing. We expected the government primarily, and this is the idea at the founding of the country. We expected America primarily to protect us, to protect, to protect our, us physically, to protect us from crooks and criminals and, and, and bad guys of, of uh, various varieties. But generally, in America, we expect government to leave us alone. We expect the government to protect our rights and otherwise leave us alone. And the sense in which the government is there to protect our interests, to, uh, to, to pursue our interests, to make our inter, to, to help us, to help us, it's in defending us, in protecting us. It's in protecting our rights, our liberties, our freedoms. So, what America means in terms of the government is really the government is our agency, it's our servant, it's our agent in protecting us from crooks, criminals, bad guys of various forms, hackers, people who would do us harm. So to me, what America first means is that placing the individual rights the right to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness of Americans first in international affairs. It means protecting the life and property of Americans from those who would threaten the life and property, our life and property. It means protecting us from foreign invaders, from foreign agents, from terrorists. All right, when we get back, we're going to take a quick break now. When we get back, we're going to talk about, okay, what does that imply? What does it imply to protect our life and property in terms of how we behave internationally, in terms of what we do internationally? What does America first means if America first means the protection of individual rights of American citizens? All right, you're listening to the Iran Book Show. We'll be right back after this short break. Best-selling author, prolific media contributor, PhD in finance. This is the Yaron Brook Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. 800-600-8192. You're listening to the Iran Brook Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So today we're talking about what America first means, what it would look like in foreign policy, and is the question, Donald Trump really an American first president? Does he have any understanding of what America first implies and what a foreign policy of America first would look like? Now to me, America first means being America. America means 
protecting the individual rights of its citizens. And American First Foreign Policy is a foreign policy that places the well-being of Americans in the sense, in the sense that government is responsible for our well-being only in one dimension. Government is not there to protect our health care. Government is not there, even in my view, to protect our economic well-being. Government is there to protect us from violence, from crooks and thieves and invaders and terrorists, arbitrate disputes and otherwise leave us alone so that we can produce, we can innovate, we can create. We do that best when we are free, when we free the human mind. Government is there to protect our freedom, our freedom from coercion, our freedom from force, our freedom from authority, so that we can pursue the rational values that are necessary for us to flourish, for us to pursue our happiness. So when I think America first foreign policy, I think protect us. Kill the bad guys. Get rid of the bad guys. Make sure the bad guys don't destroy American lives and property. That's the primary responsibility of the American government. That's it. When it comes to foreign policy, that's really it. Protect us from those who would do us harm and put no other consideration before that. And the question is, is that what Donald Trump means by America first? Is that what all these nationalists like Steve Bannon mean by American first? Is that what they're doing in terms of their behavior? Is that what he did in Saudi Arabia? Is that what he did in Israel? Is that what he did in Poland and in, and in uh, the G20 meeting? Is that idea of protecting our freedoms, of protecting us from harm, is, does that seem like what is guiding Donald Trump's foreign policy right now? All right, we got a couple of callers. Uh, and uh, we're going to start out with John. John uh, from Bucks County. I don't know. Bucks County where? Hey, John. Hi, how are you? Good. Hey, Where's John. Bucks County? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. All right. So uh, what's your interpretation of this America First idea? Okay. I, I think that uh, I think he is following an America First policy. I think, um, I think really the, the difference between him and uh, Barack Obama and even George Bush before him, um, you know, the country was founded on certain principles, and uh, the Bushies were more like one world order for the corporatist kind of people. The Obama and Clinton people were more one world order for social aspects. And that leads down a whole rabbit hole of stuff like they have in Europe where you have no borders. And, you know, if everybody's a citizen of the world, then how can you have a border and stop people from coming into your country? And then that, that that erodes everybody's freedoms who are actually people who are born in the country. I have nothing against legal immigration. I have nothing against you know immigrants. I think they're they're great. They're great. You know, if they're regulated the way they should be, and they're you know allowed in and you know at at the at the pace we need them. So, so let me let me ask job. you this. Let me ask you this, John. Do you think him going to uh, before we get into immigration, which is a different topic? I want I want to avoid immigration. No, it's not, today. Well, it's not really a different topic. It's part of so, the so let me ask Go you ahead. this. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you think going to Saudi Arabia and dancing with the king of Saudi Arabia and giving a speech in front of people, who, a majority of whom are clearly funders of organizations like ISIS and, and, uh, and Al-Qaeda and, and uh, the rest of the terrorists who want to kill Americans and destroy us, a king of Saudi Arabia who appraised uh, mosques, who, 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 who basically funds the creation of mosques all around the world, that are preaching Sharia law, that are preaching the, 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 the destruction of America. Do you think that's America first? Yep, I do, and I'll tell you why. When did Saudi Arabia do like the Saudi Arabians do? When they come here, they sit at our t 
table and they have a, you know, they eat with us and they, they, they do our customs. Our customers have a little dance when they do or whatever. Sure. Barack Obama sure. did it. Whoever else was sure. there kissing sure. their butt did it. Bush did it. But the point of that is you can't be an isolationist either. Uh, we could stick our head in the sand and just say, look, we're just going to bomb you because we feel like it. But he was trying to make a bridge. You say, he stood in front of all those people and said, look, you've got a problem. You're, you're, you're funding these people, and, and it's got to stop. I mean, yeah. do you think Obama did that? I don't think Obama stood in front of him and said that. No, no, I'm not comparing Trump to Obama. Let Obama let clearly let was let not America first. Her. I started off the program by admitting that. So I don't think, I don't think the comparison should be <clears throat> between Trump and Obama. I think the comparison should okay, be you made between it, you Trump made and what should be done. And, and in my view, you don't visit an enemy state. And in my view, Saudi Arabia is an enemy state. You don't visit an enemy state and behave as if they're your best friends and, and behave as if they are the solution to the problem rather than instigator of the problem. If you, if you okay, want to deal with ISIS, if you want to deal with Al-Qaeda, you have to acknowledge Saudi Arabia's responsibility for it. Now he started. He started a dialogue. He has. He has acknowledged it. You don't dialogue. Game you don't dialogue with Nazis. You don't dialogue with Islamists. You don't dialogue with jihadis. How do you dialogue with jihadis who want to kill you? They're What's the, the dialogue? Funding the jihadis. Saudi Arabia doesn't fund jihadis. Did I say they didn't fund jihadis? No. So how do you dialogue with people who fund the people who are killing you on a regular basis? How do you? What, okay, what's what, the dialogue what, about? What is, what it, Okay, he's, dial he's dialogue telling them, look, you're fund he's telling them you're funding people. It's got to stop, okay? Right. Trying to set it up so that it does stop, right? He didn't right. build the problem. He just got, he's been president for, what, six months? This has I'm, been going okay. on for how long? Bush so, so John, there. if that's... Obama's been over there. Hillary's been over there. Did they ever Obama and Hillary. Forget they lost, right? We have a president. We have to evaluate this president based on, it would be nice, on an it would be ideal, nice, not based it would be on nice, Obama. It loses like Obama and Hillary. Who cares about Obama and Hillary? I agree nice with you, John. If you lost, went there, it? if you, you went there, to give them a warning. It would be nice if they could forget they lost. I don't think they can forget they lost. I think that's a big problem. No, the big problem is that, that too many of us won't hold Trump to a proper standard, and we're going to get... We're going to get, you know, we're not going to get an, an America first, uh, an America first foreign policy with Trump because we won't hold him because we, we excuse everything that he does. We don't hold him to a high standard. We, we justify him. John, I really appreciate your call. Thanks for calling. And I agree with you yeah, on this sure. point, right? If Donald Trump went to Saudi Arabia and said, stop this, and if you don't stop it, you will feel the full wrath of the American military. And if you don't stop this, we will stop you. We, and, and here's a deadline. You got six months. You got a year. And maybe that was sent behind closed doors, but I'm willing to gamble. I'm willing to bet my entire net worth that it wasn't. That he, like every other president in the past, talks a good talk and then is a wimp when it comes to those face-to-face -face meetings. I am willing to, 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 to bet anything that at the end of the day, Nothing will change with the Saudis. Nothing will change with the Qataris. Nothing will change with the rest of the Middle East just because, you know, he went and gave a speech. I wouldn't go there. I believe an American first foreign policy means you don't go to Saudi Arabia. You define who your enemies are and you define who your friends are and you tell your enemies, we're not treating you like friends. We're not treating you like associates. We're not treating you 
like civilized members of society. We are shunning you. We do not visit you. You're not invited to us. Don't necessarily bomb you either. But you're not our friends. You're not part of this. And if you don't behave yourselves, then you might be bombed. If you don't stop funding the people killing Americans, then you might be bombed. But that differentiation between friends and foes is essential to an America first foreign policy. You're listening to Iran Brooks Show. We'll be right back. Iran Brooks on the Blaze Radio Network. Brooke. All right, we're talking about America first, what that means. And, and my essential point here is that America first means that, the, that it's a reflection of the only purpose of American government is to protect us, to protect our rights. And if you don't understand individual rights, if you don't understand that the job of government is to protect our freedom, our freedom to act, our freedom... Uh, to pursue property, our freedom to pursue happiness, our freedom to live, then you can't really have a, a proper foreign policy. You, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. And nobody gets it. And, and stop calling me and telling me about Obama and about Clinton. I agree. They're lousy. They have no foreign policy. I indeed would say even more than that. I would say that America has not had a consistent foreign policy since World War II. One of the reasons we lost every single war since World War II. We have no conception of what a foreign policy one could even argue for, 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 for probably 150, 200 years. A proper foreign policy, a foreign policy that protects America, that doesn't establish empire, that doesn't bring democracy to the world, that doesn't appease our enemies. A real foreign policy that is focused on the individual rights of Americans, on the freedom of Americans, on protecting that freedom. That kind of foreign policy, I don't think exists because I don't think the understanding of individual rights, the understanding of the purpose of the American government, I don't think that exists. And I certainly don't think Trump has any of those characteristics. I don't think Trump has a clue what America first foreign policy. He has a certain instincts that came out, certain emotions that came out during the campaign that I think were correct in terms of foreign policy. But... Once he appointed his advisors, once he appointed the, you know, people around him, the swamp took over. And, and his foreign policy is in no fundamental way different than the foreign policy of the last 10 presidents or, or five presidents or whatever, the last 40 years, which is a compromising, mealy-mouthed, middle-of-the-road uh, foreign policy. It's, it's not even as strong as a Ronald Reagan foreign policy. And, and Ronald Reagan, I think, particularly in the Middle East, was pretty weak. All right, if, if you want in on the conversation, disagree with me or agree with me, that, that, that would be unusual. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. I comment every issue that revolves around government from the perspective of individual rights, from the perspective of the role of government being the protection of my freedom, your freedom. America's interests being the freedom of Americans, period. Not economic interests, not, I don't know, environmental interests, not, and, and that's the one thing, 
you know, that Trump did that was good, get us out of the Paris Accord. I'm all for that. That's wonderful that he stood up the G20 and, and stood up against them on this uh, global warming Paris stuff. That was terrific. Um, but foreign policy needs to be engaged in protecting our lives and property from foreign invaders, terrorists, and so on. 888-900-3393. All right, we've got Kevin on the line from Arizona. Wants to talk about America first versus Russia, which is a big topic given Putin-Trump uh, uh, meeting last week. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, hey, uh, you're on. Hey, congratulations on uh, your new uh, Blaze show. Congratulations, man. Well, I appreciate hey, uh, that. So, Thank you. So, uh, you know what? Listening to you originally, I was going to agree. <laughs> I'm not a combative uh, uh, speaker, uh, but listening to you, I do think there is a, a difference uh, in the past four years. So, for, so first of all, let me see I'm, uh, out front. I enthusiastically voted for Trump. I donated money to him, and I'm an objectivist. But, however, I'm not a Trumpist. I thoroughly dis disliked his economics, his domestic uh, policies, and I thought the foreign policy was the ace. To me, yeah. that was the big one. So I yeah. am not happy. I, to me, it's a mixed case. I agree with you on Saudi Arabia. Uh, to me, the bombing of Syria was just horrendous. Uh, we do not need to in uh, intervene in that war any more than we are. Yep. But I think uh, I think the one thing that's making him different is the Russia. Uh, you know, I am not a cold warrior. Uh, you know, it's no longer the Soviet Union. I'm sure they have Soviet Union instincts. But I see him. I I actually prefer this detente. You know, why be at the nuclear switch with the, with Russia? If now I, I don't. I'm not saying we're partners or we sanction them. But but isn't he sanctioning them? So so let's take that point. Let's take yeah, yeah, that point. Yeah. He met with Putin. Out of the Putin, I, I've read the transcripts of what Tillerson has said and what, what Trump has said, and it came away basically saying, we're partners, we're going to work together in Syria. We're even going to create a cyber unit that is going to be shared between uh, the U.S. And, uh, and Russia to, to go after cyber criminals, as, as if most of the cyber criminals in the world are not Russian. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, so, so isn't it, aren't we sanctioning, aren't we basically saying Putin's basically a good guy, there's a lot of stuff we can work together with him. We have shared goals, and let's 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 go and 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 work together with the Russians uh, to achieve all this shit stuff. Isn't that about as big of a sanction as you could give Putin? You know, that is a great point. It really is. Um, I mean, my view. Let me tell you what my view on yeah. Russia is. I don't want to go with, to war with Russia. I don't believe we yeah. need to go to war with Russia, and I don't believe Russia is a threat to the United States if the United States is strong. But I would not take a meeting with Putin. Putin's a murderer. He has blood in his hands. He starts wars. I would, I, just like Ronald Reagan identified the evil empire in the Soviet Union, I would say, look, on the world stage, Putin is a bad guy. He does bad things. Uh, but, you know, if he's, if he's in Europe, Europeans take care of it. We, we, you know, we're not going to go fight a war for Europe. And this, this relates to, uh, to NATO, which I'll get to in a few minutes. Um, but I would not take a meeting with Putin. I would not be friendly with Putin. I would not uh, uh, be negotiating ceasefires in Syria with Putin. Whose side are we on in Syria? I mean, this goes to your point about not intervening in Syria. Why are we negotiating with Putin about ceasefires in, in Syria? Who do we want to win there? Who, who are we trying to protect there? Um, the, the whole way in which he approaches Putin is a conventional, a compromising yeah, it's not Hillary Clinton who seemed to really want to send the Sixth Fleet or, or, or McCain, your senator from Arizona, who wants oh, to send no. the Sixth Ugh. Fleet Ugh. into the Black Sea <laughs> to start a war with the Russians. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. see any reason for that. But I do see reason to clearly articulate the case 
This guy's a bad guy. This guy intervened in the, in the U.S. election, hacked a political party in the U.S., not my political party, but still a political party in the U.S., and that's unacceptable. And there are consequences to these things. And Putin, stand down. Stand down. And when you stand down, when you behave like a civilized human being in the world stage, then I'll meet with you. Until then, nothing. See, I believe in a completely different foreign policy than anything any American has probably ever practiced, maybe since since Thomas Jefferson went after the pirates in, in, in the Mediterranean. Um, I, I don't believe in this negotiation and, and diplomacy and being nice to your enemy and dancing with sheiks and having two and a half meetings with a nasty, nasty, evil character like Vladimir Putin, who, who kills his enemies, who, who kills journalists, who, you know, and, and Trump during the campaign said, when, when he was confronted, about, uh, confronted with Putin killing journalists, Trump said, well, everybody kills somebody. You know, we all do that. I mean, moral equivalency completely between Russian government and the American government. Give me a break. Well, so, 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 can I add a point? Yeah, all right, sure. thanks. Uh, so, look, um, look, I get your points, but, but I would say, first of all, Putin is not the Soviet Union. His charter is not to, sure. you I know, agree. have an international socialism across the world. I get that. And, and we are not... He's got local, regional issues besides the United States. I get that. But uh, I, I'm interested in, you know, I, I, I learned a fact uh, uh, maybe a couple months ago, but I didn't realize that most, I think 85% of ISIS fighters speak Russian. And, and that ISIS really is, the, that jihadism, it really is an issue, a challenge for Russia. Yes. And yes. so I, I, I would ask you as an objectivist, it, is it moral for the United States not to sanction but to participate in the destruction of ISIS with Russia, considering Russia is not – I don't consider Russia a Nazi Germany, a conventional you know, a, a world I, I agree threat. with you. It's not, a, it's not a direct threat to the United States, and, and I agree with you, but this is, this is the sense. The United States has the mightiest military force in all of human history. It's got the mightiest military force on the planet. ISIS is nothing. It's a blimp. It's a little group of nobodies in the middle of the desert. If we wanted to eradicate them, we need Russian help. Now, it's true. Russian views ISIS as a threat and wants to eliminate Sunni, um, Sunni uh, jihadis. But Russia is also an ally of Iran. It provides them with weapons. It provides them with new te nuclear technology. Russia is an ally of North Korea. It's providing them with nu nuclear technology. Russia is an ally of Syria and of Hezbollah by, by extension. Russia is an ally of other enemies of ours. So, no, I do not believe we should cooperate with Russia going after ISIS because I don't believe we, should, we need to cooperate with anybody to go after ISIS. I think we could destroy, annihilate, eviscerate ISIS all by ourselves. And I would have some respect for Donald Trump if that's what he did. And during the campaign, he promised, we're going to destroy ISIS. We're going to wipe them off the face of the... Great. If he had done anything other than increase, you know, take, take our participation in the war from ISIS from, on, the, on the volume dial from one to two or one and a half, I would like him to crank it up to 11, right? And that's... Yeah. Then, I would, then I would respect. We... We could eliminate ISIS. I've said this before, and you know, in two weeks, right? We could eliminate them if we really wanted to. We we we, we don't because we're cowards. We don't because we're, we're we're morally pathetic when it comes to our foreign policy and fighting wars. This is why we lose all the time. 
and, and we do not need Russia's help. We don't need Saudi Arabia's help. We don't need Iraqi help. We don't need anybody's help to do it. We just need to be committed to doing it and being willing to use this mighty military force that we have to protect Americans. That's what it's there for, to protect Americans, not to bring democracy to the world. I don't, I don't want you to confuse me with a George Bush. Sure. You know, I want to eliminate the enemies, and I don't think we need any help. I really appreciate the call, Kevin. Uh, Thank thanks you. for listening, Thank and, and keep on listening. Thanks for being open, uh, a, a Trump supporter who's open to criticism of Trump. That is good. That's being objective. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got Skyla and Ajun and, and I'm sure uh, uh, others, and there's lots to say still about this question about what is American first. You're just getting a hint now of what I think America first is. We'll get really into what I think America first foreign policy would look like. After the break, uh, you're listening to Iran Bookshow. Israeli military veteran and radical for capitalism. It's the Yaron Brook Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Is the Iran Brook Show. All right, we're talking about America First today. What does it mean? And uh, I've been making the argument that America First means the protection of Americans' freedoms, the protection of the life and property of America. That should be what American foreign policy is all about. It should be the only goal of the American foreign policy, or at least the primary overwhelming goal of American foreign policy. We'll get to some other, one other at least goal. Uh, related to that. But the, the lives and property of Americans, that's it. The government is there to protect us. It's not there to manipulate us. It's not there to compromise. It's not there to be liked. It's not there to appease. It's not there to schmooze with Putin. Uh, who cares what the Russians think of us? What's important is that Americans are protected from, for example, Russian hackers, who, who I think are a threat, a threat to the life and property of Americans, particularly property. And it's the government's responsibility to help us protect our property. And if somebody is using cyber attacks, in other words, the internet, to attack our property, it is the U.S. government's job to help protect it. And that means going to Russians and telling them to stop. Otherwise, there will be consequences. And you can figure out what those guys I don't believe you have to go into nuclear war with Russia in order for the consequences to have meaning. All right, we've got Skyla on the line. We don't have a lot of time before the break. Hey, Skyla, how's it going? Good afternoon, Dr. Brooke. Good afternoon. What's up? I would like to know how proper it would be to say, instead of America first, America only. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I think it is America only. The job of the American government is to protect the lives and property of Americans, the individual rights of Americans. I, I, I think America first makes more sense, and only in the sense that there are going to be contexts in which we have allies. There are going to be contexts in which we work with other countries. I'm not against allies. I just want to make sure our allies are really the good guys and not the bad guys. I would never consider Saudi Arabia or Russia an ally. I don't believe Russia was an ally even in World War II. I think one of the biggest mistakes in World War II was uh, the United States viewing the Soviet Union as an ally. And, uh, you know, so... America only is right as long as that doesn't mean in people's minds building walls, not 
you know, uh, ignoring other people, ignoring the world. I'm not what some people call, I hate this term, but what some people call isolationist. I don't think there is such a term. <laughs> what I am for is the United States getting involved in the world only, and this is your point about America, only, only when it serves its interests, and those interests are the protection of the lives and property. And I'm repeating myself, I know, because nobody talks like this. Nobody talks about lives and property of American citizens. Nobody talks about individual rights. So it, it bears repeating over and over and over again. That makes sense, Skylar? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks for calling. Really appreciate it. So one of the first things I would do if I were president, and thank God I will never be president. One of the reasons is I'm an immigrant to this country. I wasn't born here, so I can't be president. The second one is I would lose in a landslide. But one of the things I would do if I were president was make a list. Allies, friends, enemies, bad guys. And then maybe a third list, bad guys who are not enemies. And I would treat each list differently. And I would make the list public so the world would know who we consider our friends and who we consider our enemies and who we consider good guys and who we consider bad guys. Let the world know. That would be placing America first. All right, you're listening to the Iran Brooks Show. We're going to be right back and we're going to take a call from Arjun. You're listening to the Yaron Brooks Show on the Blaze Radio Network.